Okay, five, four, three, two. Hey everyone, welcome back to It Started with Pancakes podcast. Thank you for tuning in again and thank you for listening to the first two episodes. We hope you like it. Uh, this week we'll be discussing some Disney movies and generational trauma. <laughs> Very fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, yeah. Just a quick disclaimer. None of us are experts. We're not even studying psychology. <laughs> so it's just us, our thoughts opinions and mm, yeah. yeah don't quote us on <laughs> any of that yeah. yeah but before we get into this we wanted to check in with Kat how are you <laughs> hi yeah it's just funny <laughs> like the check-ins are cute but then you always kind of feel put on the spot um yeah I've been doing well I had actually a really sweet weekend because my I met up with my brother in the city he lives and our our aunt came to see us as well and she has three dogs at home but she came to bring one of them to see us and it was so sweet the dog oh my god her name is Boke and she is neurotic like genuinely she has some trauma that we don't know anything about from when she was a kid like a a baby she's the one <laughs> the only one of the three dogs that my aunt uncle didn't adopt as like a puppy and so she's wild but she's also super intelligent but also kind of like she's Intense. she's called like a highly sensitive dog you know how there's like highly sensitive people she's also oh, dogs yeah. so she's a highly sensitive dog so like with like any sounds or things around she's super aware and like super like mm. Just so, just so you have context for that noise, it's me like looking around very rapidly. <laughs> um, but she is awesome, and literally, she is obsessed with um, pine cones. She loves oh. pine cones. Bring her anywhere, she will find a pine cone. <laughs> oh, that's so, so cute. cute. What type of dog? She's a border collie. Oh. I love border collie. I hate border collie. Oh. <laughs> no How idea. can you hate border collies? No, because I love Australian shepherds, and border collies are just like. And that's totally not biased on yours. So, yeah. I, uh, so no, you... but border collies are just like the worst version of Australian shepherds. <laughs> so you just have personal beef with. Border yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh. And she's so fun. She has like curly hair and like a really fluffy like tough tail. It's adorable. <laughs> Anyway, so we were walking around and we went to the market together and we went to get bubble tea, which was really oh. good. Well, actually, it was kind of weird because the bubbles were like concaved. So they were like moon shaped, like crescent shaped instead oh. of like actual bubbles. It was really weird, but at least they were fully cooked. So that was a plus side because <laughs> often places here did not have fully cooked bubbles. And it's like, well, what are you doing in literally a bubble tea place? <laughs> but yeah. Just making me miss bubble tea from back home, but yeah. Mm-hmm. What can you do? Um, yeah, what else has been going on? Okay, so we also went to this really, really beautiful park, and I'm sorry, I had to say that because it was spectacular. It was literally like walking through like a British royal park because it was so pretty and obviously really taken care of and meant and like created to look pretty. I mean, obviously, it's all like man made anyway. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was just really beautiful and the light and it was, it felt like a summer day, even though it's May, but still, it was lovely. It was really, it was just prachtig, like just gorgeous, you know? That's amazing to hear. Oh yeah, I also had a nice dinner with my brother. We cooked this nice pesto pasta, actually. Oh. <laughs> we just had a 
funny because we're planning on eating that tonight as well. Um, it's so basic. That's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Pasta, pasta for the win. Like, yeah, that's a hit. That was yeah. That was my weekend. It was really nice. Sounds uh, sweet. Boca again, and of course my aunt and my brother, because my brother is leaving to go back to see my parents, so I won't see him for like six weeks, I think. Um, it's kind of crazy, so for the first time in my life, I'm the only person on this continent of my like immediate family, um, which is random. Like literally my brother, my sister, and my parents are all together in our old house. That's kind of sad. Yeah, so I'm now the youngest, so I'm the only person who doesn't know what it feels like. It's really... <laughs> so in early June when I go see my um, grandma and my aunt and uncle it's going to be weird because none of my other family is going to be there and that's mm. never happened before mm. either oh wow so it's going to be interesting to see what that dynamic's like yeah. mm. maybe we'll I mean, talk about that mm. I mean now that you're like mm. an older like person living by themselves mm. I think that would be interesting because yeah. I don't know maybe you, there might be a, maybe more responsibility or something like that onto that's you. true my grandma is an interesting person to live with because my brother lived with her for six months wow. last year because of COVID. Mm. And mm, mm. we ended up like shouting at her. And we were like, how dare you shout at my grandma? Uh, at Oma, what we call her. And then he was like, bro, live with her and you won't understand. Yeah, her. honestly, I could not live with neither of my grandmas for six months. I think mm. it would end up with shouting. some shouting, yeah. Even though like, I, I, like right now I could never, yeah. but I know that if it six months, mm, yeah. No. I get that. <laughs> Yeah, so we actually watched um, three movies the other weekend all together. We had a little movie night, which is really and nice. And Pancakes Morning. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. Um, and so we watched, in order, Encanto, Turning Red, and Luca. Just a quick spoiler alert. We are going to discuss the plot, probably the ending, everything that... Yeah, that's in the movie. So if you haven't seen them or if you just don't want to know what happens, maybe skip this episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we thought it'd be cute to give a little rating for who thinks which is the best or at least their most favorite yeah. to least. Yeah. Also unrelated, if you guys want to see what our pancakes look like <laughs> on our Instagram, each of us have our own highlights and we all took pictures of each of our pancakes and I'm gonna be honest mine was kind of boring <laughs> yeah. I'm like that was kind of boring but it's okay it's okay they were really good you are boring like, so oh. Oh. <laughs> that was so nice Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> no yeah but it was cute because I was like I was going through every single one and I was just like oh, yeah and we had it. to wait for Rachel to take the picture before we <laughs> I We're wanted good. to get the right shot, guys. Styling. Mine, I think, was the most like classically good, and Yulia's, I think, was the most exciting. Yeah, I don't. Yulia's had the most activity. Yeah, the most activity. It was wow. like activity. it was like cream, strawberries, strawberries, bananas, bananas and, and honey. honey. Oh, the honey was interesting. Most, yeah, was most experience. Okay, slay. Y'all finished all slay. the before I could get any. I was so I was kind of. <laughs> I was kind of like. We'll do it again. Yeah, that was actually kind of fun. Yes. Right. So, the rankings. Rankings? Yes. Okay, do you want to start? Oh, me. Okay. Um, so, I'm so sure about my number one. It's Luca. Like, I it was the third time that I watched it. And each time I succeeded to cry, <laughs> I, I, I cannot watch this movie without crying. And I just think it's so beautifully made. And... The message behind it is just so chef's kiss. And also, <laughs> just that I love 
Disney movies related to food because one of my favorite is on Disney. But one of my favorite animated movies is Ratatouille, of ah! course. <laughs> of course. And just all the like montage of the food is just mm. oh, it's yeah. so aesthetically pleasing. It, it's just, oh, it, it was, just comforts you on a certain yeah, way. Exactly. It was really beautifully animated as well. Oh, hundred yeah. yes. percent. For sure. Yeah. And the music is really nice. Mm. But then the other two I actually cannot decide. I think Every time I try to form an opinion, it changes. But <laughs> right now, I think I would say I liked Turning Red more. Oh, I'm oh, surprised. Because during Encanto, you were like, oh, I love this song. Oh, I love this okay, song. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, because I love the songs in Encanto. But then I think the music is amazing, like all the songs. But I don't know, just beside that, like mm-hmm. the whole plot. Mm-hmm. It's also nice, but I feel like there's a couple things missing mm-hmm. in the ending. Like, I don't know. Fair yeah. Okay. Lily, <laughs> would you like to go next? For your uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I think, yeah, no, I know for sure that my favorite was Luca. Uh, mm. I just, like, even, like, I don't know, mid-movie, I just knew that, I just, like, I fell in love with it. No, from it, the I, beginning you were saying, yeah, you oh, were yeah, saying, yeah. this is my favorite. Oh, yeah, 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 I think I really liked the animation with the water first, mm. uh, and just I fell in love with the characters. They were just so sweet, like just love their interactions, and they're just adorable, mm-hmm. and I love that. And the food and Italy and every like every element of the movie makes me happy, and <laughs> I don't know, I just yeah, I just loved it, and I think well we'll talk about that later on more but the way it talks about inter intergenerational trauma was very interesting um and for the rest of the ranking i don't know it's kind of hard i would say i don't know maybe (laughs) encanto second and turning red third um by the way it was my first time seeing the three of them uh, and I would say that because I really like the song in Encanto and like, you know, the whole movie was like very dynamic because of the songs and it, it had been a long time since I had seen like a Disney movie with like songs like that and I don't know, I just, I liked it, yeah. Rachel, what about you? <laughs> We're just like looking at each other. <laughs> like whose turn is it now? Yeah, who's my next victim? <laughs> um... I think I would say number one, Encanto. I think I just really loved just, I mean, of course, all of the animations were just 10 out of 10. But I think for Encanto, it just had such like a family feel with it. Mm. And like, I loved the way that they had done the house and like how each of the characters had their own like rooms. And in each of their rooms, it was just so like personality driven and also like their, I guess their power. So it was very interesting, their and I gift. loved, yeah, their gift, and I loved seeing Drink. that. And I just Drink. think it had a better storyline, because I just loved the ending. I'm not gonna spoil it for people who haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but I liked how it ended. Um, also, Antonio's room. Oh, I'm so jealous of Antonio's room. Oh, oh was, yeah. So wait, sorry. Was he the guy that had the jungle? <laughs> the guy. Yeah. Oh the yeah. Guy, the boy, five year old baby. Guy. <laughs> Oh no, yeah. I think he had the best the best gift out of all of them. Because, yeah, like, sure. imagine speaking to animals. Like, no. come on. It's like, like a childhood dream. Of course. Yeah. Like, it's a dream uh, right now. Yeah. It's a dream forever. Yeah. <laughs> I think second, I'd go with Luca. Because I think, yeah, once again, like, the whole food thing. And, like, they... Because it's, like, 
based in Italy. So they just have a lot of like Italian cuisine. And I just like, we were just like, oh my gosh, like tiramisu, pesto. And it was just, it was so nice to see that. So I like that. Mm. Um, and then lastly, I have to say probably turning red. And I mean, it's no shade to turning red. Like I do like it, but I just feel like it, it, there was something missing. There was like yeah. something that was lacking there, yeah. which I feel didn't really get communicated. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe I have to watch it once or twice again to really pick up on what was missing. Yeah. But I mean, as someone who is like um, half Malaysian Chinese, I thought the way that a lot of the things that were depicted, like the cooking and also certain like sayings and stuff, because I think it was in Cantonese. I'm trying to remember. I think some of the words that they said were in Cantonese. And like me growing up around like people who like my family who would speak Cantonese, like it was actually really nice to kind of mm -hmm. hear that. And mm -hmm. like, it was just representation. And I felt mm -hmm. like that was so important, especially the way that some of the food was made. Like there's a scene when they're like cutting something and it's on this wooden, like oh, this wooden- Cutting board? Yeah, but it's like a- Circular? It's a circular like block. Mm -hmm. And like, that's just something that I've, I was like, oh, I love that this is so accurate because Growing up, like, we would go to, like, a restaurant or something like that, and we would see them cutting up food on that specific mm -hmm. block. And it was just, like, it was these little things which I think are so incredibly important for mm -hmm. people to see. And I just love yeah. that I got to see that. Mm -hmm. Especially with COVID and stuff, like, you know, like, I haven't been able to go back for so long. So it was just really nice to see stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I have to say, because it was my second time watching Turning Red, and... I like about the thing that you said it's missing. Mm -hmm. I think that I understood the message behind it a bit more the yeah. second time, mm -hmm. and okay. I appreciated it more, mm -hmm. and it just like all clicked. So okay. I think maybe that's yeah. That could be. <laughs> but partly, also, yeah. I don't think it's a good thing because you should be able to understand a movie yeah. the first time. So. But also going off of that, I feel like the thing that was not necessarily missing, but what made it a little bit more shallow is this emphasis on sort of like the whole trope of needing to get money and the way that they went about it yeah and with the whole like taking pictures and selling merch and like the whole like going to the boy band yeah it's very concert. cliche and yeah exactly like it's nothing wrong with that but i yeah. just feel like slimmer th things have been done a hundred times before yeah and not necessarily done better but I feel like we're all very used to this narrative. Yeah. And okay, yeah, that's that's actually pretty true. And I mean, it is, yeah, but... And yeah, it is, like, representational <laughs> of that age, obviously, because, like, we all kind of understand that mentality. Mm -hmm. But I think because they did that, it sort of took away from the depth mm -hmm. or didn't... Or wasn't yeah. as balanced with I mean, the depth. I mean, that actually is true, story. because I feel like the plot... Like, I guess their mm -hmm. the characters' motives were to, like, go to the concert, right? Yeah. And, like comparing it to like Luca and comparing it to Encanto they had very like specific like storylines to both of them you know mm. like and only it could only be for that universe basically like only like in, in Encanto could they have like the gifts and mm. have like such a meaning behind it and also with Luca like the Vespas and like how it was that racing cup thing mm. that was specific yeah. to that town yeah, like it was very cool. like but also like with the Vespa it really symbolized freedom you know and then also in Encanto it's all about family and like her wanting to do everything she can to support her family and be there for her family whereas in Turning Red it 
feels like the motive is much more shallow. Like, it doesn't necessarily symbolize anything greater. At least, like, I feel like the panda itself obviously does represent something mm. much and deeper. And I loved, I loved the whole panda, yeah. like, storyline. Exactly. Was, like, great. Same. I love that. But, like, the concert in itself, I feel like it wasn't necessarily representational of something greater. Well, I do, like, I kind of agree on the fact that it's shallow. But at the same time, I don't, like, I've something I've always promised mm. myself and now that I'm older is to not like disregard my concerns when I was younger and I still like want to go to concerts and everything really badly but now I'm more free to do so but I remember when I was like 11 my friend and I made this whole plan to go see Charlie Puth in (laughs) in Paris and we were like 10 or 11 so we were really young and we we thought about it for like a month and then we made this presentation for our parents who said no immediately (laughs) because the idea sucked but and so I I think that it is shallow but it's also such a big concern and it's so it can be central to your life for a while as especially when you're younger so I'm kind of like in between the two of like I completely I had that feeling when Mm. I watched it but also we should ask younger people maybe how they felt about it because it it is important okay sorry I think that it's a common like way of thinking that what young girls do is shallow yeah, exactly. And um, maybe it is on some parts, like, mm. making money just to go to a concert. It is, it's not, like, deep. But at the same time, I think that's what this movie was about, like, growing up. Mm-hmm. And this, also this, like, part of you growing up that's not taken, maybe not, not taken seriously, but looked down on. Yeah, completely. So I think that's just part of being a teenager. Yeah, and also the fact that she was very, like... She listened to her mother all the time, mm. and this was the first thing that she did to s- that's true. S- do something maybe, on her sorry, own. Maybe for context, she and her friends used her turning into a panda to make money for a concert of a boy band. Okay, so the first time that she did something kind of like against her mom's rules yeah. or against her wishes, just for herself. Yeah, it makes yeah. her own decision. That's true. Like, and I don't think that's shallow. Mm. that's true that's true i might mean like an argument yeah could be also like i think maybe we're always just so used to things having such a deeper meaning mm-hmm. like always mm-hmm. like i mean well Encanto was like it was her like oh like i need to you know fit this expectation for my family luca was like oh yeah like you said like the freedom the like the act of freedom mm. uh, and maybe like sometimes it's better to have something that's a bit lighthearted so that it's not always like we're searching for meanings i mean personally i like movies that have loads of meanings in it because i like to like look back on it and then like analyze like, every mm. single moment but maybe it's, sometimes it's just better to just sit back and just enjoy the animation that's going on in front of you yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, <laughs> honestly it's i i agree with that but i think the problem is probably not the problem i don't know if there's a problem but what we're Mm. kind of talking about is not the theme but maybe the way just the way it was represented i guess that's it because i really don't think that going to concert or anything is shallow i don't think cats Mm. thinks that either it must be the way maybe it was a bit exaggerated or i think like it was maybe the 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 raising money part and the way mm. it was I felt I don't know it kind of felt like a Disney Channel episode yeah, that we've bit. seen in every series of True. Disney Channel. I don't yeah. know. I kind of had that feeling. Yeah, but I do think you guys have made me more aware of. It's also good to actually represent 
like real not necessarily issues but like things that kids go through yeah. in their day-to-day -day lives and things that they want to do and to see this on screen could be like oh my gosh me and my friends could do that and actually like do yeah, something that we so want to do for yeah. ourselves yeah, yeah because yeah. that would that that is what the movie was about growing yeah. up yeah. and like practicing agency yeah. and sort of making exactly. that yeah. stuff yeah for sure absolutely julia what is your ranking oh yeah so at the first like because i would i've seen the movies before and at first it was Encanto, then Luca, then Turning Red. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that right now it's Luca, Encanto, or Turning Red. I don't know. <laughs> which one, because as I said before, the second time you watch Turning Red, it gets better mm. and you appreciate it more. Mm. So I don't know. But I really love the songs in Encanto. So. <laughs> <laughs> the songs are great. Yeah, the songs so are big songs. So, so catchy. Yeah, they're Lin so, Manuel, so good. They just stay in your head. Lin-Manuel is oh, yeah. beautiful. Musical True. genius. Truly. True. Okay. I have to agree with Lily and I guess Yulia partially because you were like between Encanto and Turning Red. But I'm fully with Lily with Luca. Encanto and Turning Red, but it's also because the animation of the village, mm. or the oh, town rather, in, in Luca, you mean? Yeah, in Luca, is absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Mm. The way they get the specific like tones of the lighting yeah. in that area, phenomenally executed, beautifully done. Yeah, like and also all the signs and like the the typology of the signs mm -hmm. is so accurate for that whole like Mediterranean mm -hmm. vibe. It was beautiful. And also Agar Yulia was saying, I forgot that it was based on an actual real town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Italy. Italy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course Yulia said who else? Um, <laughs> and I thought that was such a beautiful part to the story that it's like an actual real place. Yeah. I thought that was so cute. And also very biased because as a kid I used to want to be a mermaid. So, oh, so, so, so. Very and so we can't ignore the 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 queer baiting and like the storylines that are very parallel to like classic gay or queer experiences mm -hmm. and i also really love that um and then encanto is my second favorite also because of the animation the animation of the hair was beautifully done and i watched this video that apparently that was the first time that disney did curly hair properly with like the mm. full animation and made it as realistic as they did in that and i mean i have slightly i have like wavy hair i guess you would say and so it was nice for me uh to know that and to watch the animation of it and also just again phenomenally animated the house beautiful architecture yeah. the, the house like the rooms beautiful and also like the designs of the doors i thought were really well mm. done Especially Bruno's. It was so mysterious. I feel like mm -hmm. I would love that as a kid. Like the fact that he didn't have a bed though, a bit weird. Sleep on sand. Like wake up with sand. No, in his ears, like, imagine like... waking up like going in as your six year old and being like, Oh, so where do I sleep? Oh Okay, I don't wanna spoil it, but like yeah. Um, when she finds her door and it's the house because she like brought everything together again, I was so 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 touched. I was like, oh my god, I was crying. It was really sweet. So that's why that's my second. And turning red was my least favorite just because of the 
like 2K aesthetic, um, oh. which I appreciated. And it was set in the year I was born, which was cute. But I think I appreciated it less than the aesthetics of Luca mm-hmm. and Encanto. That's interesting that you bring that up because I felt mm-hmm. like they didn't really address that that too much in a way. The year, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah, the it, they said it. They said it at the beginning. It was yeah. like oh, two thousand and two, was it? Yeah. So I guess around the time that we were born, but. Like, I just felt like it wasn't really addressed no. after that. It was just no. kind of there. It was just the vibe. Yeah. And also, no, but not even the vibe, yeah, though, because, no, like, the it. concert I also looked so That's true, and all and of the, like, like I, I didn't like, feel had, the vibe. I didn't feel like it was. I don't know, that's wrong. But I think I, I won't say that I read it somewhere, but I probably saw a TikTok about it. Mm. But I think <laughs> that the, like, creator of the movie is just like 2002 is the year that she grew up in i might be making it up <laughs> yeah or i dreamt about it no but i think i saw that yeah maybe. so i guess if that's true that's probably she just wanted to just show her experience of her being a teenager because yeah. that's like or like a pre yeah, because that's obviously something that she can yeah, i guess she turned into a panda yes <laughs> amazing amazing i guess it was meant to be more like Generalize 2000s. Yeah, but I don't know, but I feel like if you were to do the thousands, go all out. You yeah. Know? Really make like it in the, the fashion. The fashion looked, it didn't scream no. Especially no, because, no, no. like, the 2YK aesthetic is so popular right now. Yeah. So but they I really could have gone with it. The 2YK aesthetic is not actually how people dress in mm. 2YK. Oh, that's true. No. I mean, some it depends. But obviously, isn't it how, like, celebrities dress and not 12 year old girls? Yeah, but they didn't, like, low rise and also the like superposition of of clothes that was accurate like, that was happening i mean and also like the and it, it wasn't bracelets. yeah <laughs> and it, that was in the french bracelets which was really good i don't know if you That's noticed true. that but no. they had and when the aunties and the grandma come all in like oh, oh that's true that okay, was, that okay. was i but, did comment on that yeah, saying that was so 2000s sweats. like oh, that was the really juicy good. sweats the yeah okay muscles. that was 2000s yeah okay i actually I'm surprised because I actually liked how they did that, but it wasn't like mm. yelling at you that it's yeah. yeah. No, it no, I, just... I think they did it well. Yeah. Maybe we maybe maybe I maybe time. I need yeah. to watch it a second time. But also, I wish that they did do the screaming two thousands mm-hmm. because I I don't know. I think it would have been nice to like I don't know. I love it because like Disney storylines already are very emphasized on like many things and exaggerate a lot of things mm-hmm. so i feel like if they exaggerated the 2000s that would also be very on that's brand. true yeah. yeah so i feel like it would have been nice to see that also true. even um, just like if it was just a scene showing the context you know like a mall yeah yeah the school like just little snippets mm-hmm. of the 2000s just mm-hmm. set the mood you they know? had tamagotchi so mm-hmm. yeah that was good. okay we, we, <laughs> maybe we do need to watch this yeah. <laughs> for context lily spilled water <laughs> No, I was gonna say our whole argument is dumb now. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe we should watch it a second time. <laughs> yeah. We can just redact it for Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you should watch it the second now, time. Now, that's what I'm saying. Now I'm like, mm-hmm. oh wait, that's so true actually. So I, I, I take away my statement. In a year, we should do a special edition podcast mm. that where we go back and watch <laughs> yeah. the movies. True. Yeah, but maybe we should get into what we actually wanted to discuss oh, in yeah. relation to these movies. Okay, um, now that we know all of our rankings, why don't we move on to 
what this episode was actually supposed to be about, which is <laughs> um, generational trauma in those particular movies. Yes. So let's maybe first explain what generational trauma is. In our own terms. Yeah. yeah. So basically, in my own terms, <laughs> it's um, trauma that you yourself didn't necessarily... I mean, of course, there was... <laughs> Some time ago, this one person or a group of people who acquired, like, got this trauma from some event or something traumatic, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then it's passed on to the next generations. And it's interesting because then those next generations, they get all the symptoms of trauma, which can be, like, physical anxiety. They can... PTSD. Yeah, PTSD. But they don't have the actual memories, and so they don't have any like flashbacks because they never lived through the trauma. The trauma. Which I think they just this has to be so hard because I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can't look for answers in your yeah, memory. At you all. have to look back mm. into yeah. your family history, which. And I think that might open up some wounds that have been yeah. closed for a while. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's for a lot of families like. They won't talk about it because a lot of people just don't like to talk about their trauma mm. at all, which is yeah. understandable. Yeah, of course. You know, so then the kids who are left with this sort of these symptoms that have been handed down to them through their genetics and epigenetics, they're just left to deal with this in the best way they can. Right. And so if we want to bring it down to a bit more of a scientific mm. level, just so that um, I guess it makes more sense scientifically as opposed to just like kind of having this phenomenon of oh, babies are inheriting the <laughs> physical symptoms of their parents' trauma. That's crazy. Um, but essentially, generational trauma um, and giving on trauma into new generations has to do with epigenetics. And epigenetics, epigenetics is a kind of, or rather deals with DNA sequences. And essentially, a DNA sequence is tagged right and so this dna sequence is something that could be expressed in the personality or for example like blue eyes green eyes Mm. but also um can be like if you would have a mental illness or um are neurodivergent right this can all be it's all linked within these dna sequences and so epigenetics has to do with sort of this tag on this dna sequence of whether or not it is activated and therefore expressed in you as a person, right? And so, for example, to give an illustration of generational trauma, let's say your grandparents were had a really happy life and they lived in one place, of course, like dealt with their own things, but then your parents um, had to, or were forced to move out of their house because of like financial issues, for example. And then even while you were growing up, even if that was okay, that was never an issue, you would still, or you could still deal with that insecurity of housing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though your parents had to deal with it before you were born, because of their environment, that epigenetic tag, to use that word, was activated and then had the possibility to be passed down onto you as your DNA was mixed, you know, as DNA is mixed from parents to children. And yeah, sorry. And this is all um, just for the science people out there who are interested. <laughs> this is called um, methylation, which is honestly one of my favorite topics in <laughs> like in researching DNA, which I found super interesting and really fascinating. 
I'm sorry, tags can also be talked about as markers, which are directly linked to nucleotides within DNA. But okay, I'll stop with the science talk now <laughs> because it's getting a bit much. Um, but essentially, yeah, traits that are activated in one generation can then be passed on to not only the children of that generation, but also can be carried by children of that generation and then act or like expressed mm. in the grandchildren, right? So for example, let's say that my parents... This is all okay. I'm using personal pronouns, uh, like and first person, but this is just a hypothetical. Let's say my parents had a super happy life, but then my life was full of, or was really really depressing because there was no security in my life, and I was really lonely, and I was in a very isolated place, and I had no friends. Let's say then my children maybe wouldn't be influenced by that but my grandchildren my great-grandchildren could be right yeah. so it becomes a part of the gene pool it's just like normal genes right exactly. for example my dumb example but my grandparents have uh, vision issues like eyesight issues mm-hmm. my parents don't have at all and i have some like i have the exact same eyesight as my grandma huh. and my like my father wasn't affected by that at all so he's exactly. like jump it jumps a generation exactly, right. exactly. yeah exactly. my grandmas on both sides have thyroid is that how you call it yeah. issues my mom or my dad don't and then me and my sister we do yeah yeah, Fun. yeah. <laughs> and so it doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily skip a generation because mm-hmm. i think a lot of studies have found that the children like the direct descendants of so the children of people with trauma are already very, very likely to have uh, these symptoms yeah. expressed within them, even without having gone through that trauma. Yeah, Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Thank you for that. That was really that interesting. That was really yeah. interesting. Cool. And it was clear. insightful. Yeah, yeah I actually insightful. understood that. And I have yeah. no, like, no base. knowledge. Yeah. No knowledge. <laughs> <of that>. no. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that you guys didn't understand that and I didn't read out the whole paragraph. Because if I did, I think it would have been yeah, no. really crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, I mean, we wanted to relate it to Disney movies. So, and I feel like in these three movies specifically, there are very clear signs, I guess, yeah. of generational trauma. I mean, and I think the first, I mean, the first one that I think of that has it the most is probably Turning Red. Yeah. Um, and especially because, like, you can mm-hmm. see how that's gone through the generations. Yeah, because it has the grandma yeah. and the mom's like, like Yeah, because there's, like, um, I mean, what is it? So, like, she has this desire to always be great, great and good. And she also has anxiety, like, about it. And so mm-hmm. she's like, oh... You mean like, Mirabel? No, she's talking about turning red. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I guess it works oh. for both. Because she's yeah. like always trying to like please her family, and yeah, like yeah, specific, yeah. especially her mom. And then you can see towards the end of the movie, the reason why she's like this is because... Her grandma. Her mom, her mom is in the same situation, same situation when she was a kid as well, yeah. with her grandma. Mm-hmm. So very interesting to see how that has like played out. And it was like... And also, like, when you see it as, like, an outsider's perspective, whilst it is, like, a very, like, pretty much fun movie, like, you know, there's a plot line, there's some dramatic tension, and then, mm-hmm. like, the ending. But I think it's quite interesting to watch these things as an adult, mm-hmm. um, because I feel like you can now notice things that you didn't notice as a kid. Oh, yeah. And so, like, seeing it now, it's just so obvious. Yeah. Like, there is the such, like... Yeah. yeah, it's so obvious. But as a kid, I would just think, like... Oh, like her mom's really hard on her. Oh, oh, but her mom was also yeah. hard on her. So it was. It would be more like that, but it wouldn't be like linking it specifically. Yeah. Really. 
So it's like interesting to watch like kids' movies when you are older because you see it in a different light. Mm, yeah. Definitely. But for me, it's really interesting how they related generational trauma and the problem of like striving to be perfect because mm-hmm. I also think that's what it's about and her like embracing the panda. Sorry, that's also spoiler. I think, but that's we, how it's gonna we be. We agreed on yeah <laughs> spoiling yeah. the movies, but just. It's so beautiful how she embraces it and mm. her I mean, imperfections. I, yeah, I think it's supposed to be imperfections, but at the same time, it was a blessing mm. in the, at first. So that's really beautiful. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like, and I think even more than imperfections, I think I feel like it's also about sort of accepting like your inner child and embracing yes. your inner child, mm-hmm. and through that, like the clumsiness and the mistakes that come with being yeah. a child you know and not being so hard on yourself and like creating this inner dialogue of you're shit you're terrible if you're not perfect yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and i think both uh encanto and turning red break the cycle of the yes. generational mm-hmm. trauma sure. uh, i'm I not think thinking about, yeah well. I, I was gonna say i wasn't thinking about luca right now but yeah it definitely does and it's it feels very healing to watch just like these three characters finally like in different ways like in very different ways yeah. just i mean not completely but yeah. um yeah like breaking breaking that cycle and also doing it in an accepting mm-hmm. environment as well cuz the parents are very i think supportive of that at the end, at the end. but not yeah. not like it does show the struggle so mm-hmm. yeah but what's sad to me is that, like, in Encanto and Luca, I think that all, the whole family is kind of benefits from breaking the cycle. But in Turning Red, Mele is that her name? Yeah. Mele is the only one. Yeah, that's true. Who does it. And then the her mom, her grandma, and all the other women are still, like, rejecting the panda. And I think that's really sad how... Yeah, I mean, great for Mei Mei that she broke the cycle, but it's just sad that, well, she's the one who's gonna maybe be happy or happier mm. than them, mm. but it's just sad that they... I mean, yeah, this. I thought that one of the final scenes when they're all kind of giving up that part of their identity to them, I thought that was a really powerful scene yeah, in itself, yeah. because, yeah. I mean, like, your point, Aga, when you were saying, like, yeah, they are releasing such... And, like, it's just that they won't be able to get past that. I think it's, yeah. like, for them, it was, like, it's something that I've come to terms with. And it's just, like, it makes sense yeah. for them to not continue with that. Mm-hmm. Because it's just something that they were, like... They just got used to it, in a way. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, maybe for them... On one perspective, this could be, like... It would be too difficult for them to embrace mm-hmm. that side of them. Because it's, like, all of that time they were trying to suppress it. And now, suddenly, they have to have this new mindset about it which could be very difficult for someone who's been thinking like in a certain way for years Mm -hmm. and so i think they're all like in some way they're all like proud of her for breaking that cycle and being like proud and make really choosing what she wants to do with it so and i think because of that it was good but also like another point that i just thought of was like it's the choice that i think is very interesting because I think all of them ne- didn't have that choice. Mm. It was just kind of in society and their like family where it was like, yeah. you have to suppress it and we're going to do this whole ritual to get it out of you. And so maybe that final scene was actually them choosing, you know, do I want to do this? Yeah. Or do I want to... So once again, it was still up to them at the end of it. 
a choice which they didn't have mm. before. Yeah. So. Which I feel is also really fun for Disney to explore because, especially with female-led movies, I feel mm-hmm. like it's very uncommon for them to explore this idea of agency mm. and really making your own choices for yourself. And because in so many stories, the choices are really dictated by the society and the people and characters around them. So it is nice to see them really explore this. Okay, to be fair, don't quote me on that because I haven't seen all the movies, <laughs> but just, you know, from, like, my basic recollection. Yeah. Speaking of um, generational trauma and also, like, the grandma, mm-hmm. I feel like Encanto was also good and in some ways really linked with the same idea of this, like, being perfect, mm-hmm. right? Because of all this, like, pressure of needing to be there for the family and needing to be good and better than the others perhaps yeah and not only for the family but also for the village mm, mm. true because yeah. yeah it was also unnecessary pressure i mean what uh, i mean i forgot her name the girl who Louisa. has like the strong Louisa. yeah like how she like the whole village kind of depends on her mm. and obviously it's not like they're not like doing that with bad intentions mm. it's just like as a society they've just come to be like oh okay like we need someone to who's strong to do something okay louisa will do it yeah. so it's just that's also very interesting and then because of that there's so much pressure put onto her to i mean like actually on all of them really yeah. so like but in di- it's expressed in different ways but they all have like immense pressure just placed onto yeah, them yeah i think yeah. that was my that's why that song was my favorite song mm-hmm. Lisa's song is because i feel like that was the first point in the movie especially where it really changes the narrative of not what was the main character's name again mirabel yeah it's not just mirabel wanting to be special quote-unquote like her family members are but also looking at the struggles of her family members who have this pressure of being gifted and being special Mm. and how Mm. they're supposed to use that and i thought that was beautifully done Mm. with also just this idea of pressure because i feel like everyone who has gone through an educative program um and felt the pressure to perform well or just a pressure to perform at all well in any program, not necessarily just academics, sorry, my bad, but also in like creative, like in arts or in sports or in any, any anything at all. Um, like you, we can all identify with that idea of pressure and even if there is no real punishment that we would face if we didn't do as well as we were expected to or it's still this incredibly scary idea and just like this crushing feeling that comes upon you when mm. you don't reach that expectation. Yeah. And I wonder if that doesn't tie back to the intergenerational trauma. Mm. If, even if your parents haven't like threatened you and be like, if you fail, this is going to happen. But you still feel it inside yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. That risk that you were talking about mm. and that pressure. I think that that they also... Obviously, I think in Encanto... It's been passed on to them that the village relies on them. Yeah. But I do feel like it could have been passed on as well in that, you know, gene and everything. Yeah, true. It's just, you know, yeah, I think they, they, they just know it's inside of them. Yeah. That's true, because they keep, they bring back the mention to how the grandfather was killed. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, like, the grandma had to go through so much on her own. And, like, obviously that was probably very, like damaging and stressful mm. to her so like that's probably also carried on because i think there's a part when she says i don't know how exactly she says it but she's like the candle gave us a miracle and now we have to act on that mm. or like 
share it or something yeah. like that. Like that has become their purpose before mm. they were even born. Yeah. yeah. And, like they have to live their whole life like serving this yeah, purpose. Yeah, that's really well said. Without a choice. Yeah, it was decided way before. Mm. It's bigger than them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and also they never talked about mm. this pressure, but you could feel that they all had their jobs. And also Mirabel, she didn't have any gift, but you could also feel the pressure put on her by mm -hmm. grandma, which is also very interesting that in this movie, grandma is kind of the villain mm -hmm. because you don't expect person yeah. that person to be the villain. Right? Yeah. Grandma is also always cute, sweet, Mm -hmm. Well, it's a granny, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Abuela. And I, I think it's interesting that you talk about the fact that they don't talk about it. And mm. I feel like that's very... You can also feel it throughout the movie. With the girl who can hear from far yes. away. Yes. Yeah, there's this point where we learn... <laughs> How are you guys? <laughs> You've seen us so many times. Like the yeah, back I actually hand. have an Encanto fan page. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this point where we learn that... Um, um, there's this point where we learn that she has been like suffering from that and and that you can feel the way and none of them know yeah. like mm -hmm. that they like okay I'm gonna say that again um, basically they're all going through the same thing but it's so unspoken mm -hmm. of yeah. and that's also I think what's great about the movie and and the endings that they're all healing and it was yeah. so like secretive and Absolutely. and buried is that how you say it? like buried yeah and and everything's now out yeah. in the open and mm. yeah. i also think the song we don't talk about bruno is probably the metaphor of all of that like yeah no, they don't speak about it yeah, yeah. about like, the trauma just yeah. like don't there was this big event the, the, the uncle left and nobody knows where he is yeah. but let's just not talk about it yeah. at all the children they don't even know like who yeah. Bruno is and yeah, I think that song itself is like an example where they're like like oh one one family member kind of messed up by leaving which I mean like he didn't mess up but they saw him mm. leaving as like a mistake mm. and so that's why they were all like oh like he he made a mistake he left and now everyone makes like such a big deal about it so like now we can't make any mistakes at all. So yeah, exactly. oh, that's true. Exactly. That's also true. Builds on the pressure, especially on the Mirabel, the main character, right? Yeah. yeah. Because she feels like she already has made this mistake without even choosing to, because she doesn't have this gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then this like narrative of this, or this tale of this uncle who's gone just because he made this mistake that she has no idea about. So of course it's like this huge pressure on her as well. Mm. Yeah, like I think Bruno represents. A sort of motivation and like mm. the thing not to do, like the mm. like what they have to like avoid doing. And mm -hmm. what about Luca? Yeah, I think I think that with going out to the surface, it's mm. kind of a generational trauma because Luca was really afraid of the surface, mm. but he didn't even know why. Yeah, mm. true. I also feel like a bit, I mean, obviously on the surface, like in the town, there are still people who hate the monsters, but I feel like, as you had said before, it's a whole, like, um, for me, metaphor for being queer. So I think it's like, for the parents, when they were like young or Luca's age, it was probably horrible, even mm. worse. Mm. And now when Luca wants to go to the surface, obviously there are still people who are but I don't want to kill the monsters and stuff, but there's probably more and more people who are accepting mm. of them being sea monsters. But he will never know because they won't let him go. And it's just they have this trauma that they 
are putting on him even though it might not be true anymore yeah. it might be better than it was mm. for them <laughs> i feel like a quote that is maybe overlooked um just because it was at the beginning of the movie and probably like you would recognize it when you watch it back but because it's at the beginning when you watch it obviously you don't necessarily think about it when the mother talks to luca about how there are so many more boats now than there used mm -hmm. to be and they're even like motorized which is of course also scary in the context where like they live in this civilization where they don't have the technology that the land monsters do have mm -hmm. right and i feel like just her saying that because i feel like it's pretty it's made pretty clear that she doesn't actually have any knowledge about it mm -hmm. of just like mm. repeating this like scary story of the the world to her son yeah. who also has even less experience of it than she does yeah. and of course he's at this age where he's very impressionable and would just like any of us would would take that story to heart and be like oh my god you know the mm -hmm. land mm -hmm. i think the mm -hmm. interesting thing is that in this movie i don't know how to interpret that but the grandma is actually like the oldest one in the family she's actually she doesn't have that trauma right like she's yeah, she super literally fine. said she's like yeah come yeah. here every weekend yeah every yeah. weekend she goes to the surface so she's not affected by it at all or at least yeah. she doesn't let it affect her so maybe I don't know but I feel like it was also like a writing strategy because I needed a character to be yeah to sort of enable Luca to do the things mm -hmm. that he could do and also mm -hmm. to be the comedic relief of the film mm -hmm. and I feel like although. It does relate to our topic of generational trauma that maybe wasn't necessarily the theme that they were trying yeah. to go for because yeah. of, it's quite evident when watching that their focus is really this idea of freedom and like going away and also like growing up and kind of getting your independence and everything. Um, and so it would make sense that the grandma then is not a part of the conflict between the parent and child, yeah. which is obviously mm -hmm. like one of the main conflicts in the movie. And so she then becomes the general sorry, the comic relief, and mm -hmm. sort of the way, like, Luca's plot, like, um, loophole, right, to get yeah. out and mm -hmm. go to the human world. Yeah. And also something I just thought about is how the generational trauma isn't expressed in the same way at all in, like, for example, Luca and Kanto, because in Luca, it's more about prevention, and mm -hmm. it's about protecting your children, and in Kanto... We don't feel that. It's really more about pressure. and yeah. it's, She's more putting it on the children. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I don't know about turning red. Um, no, I think it is. I, I think, think turning it's red protecting because she mm -hmm. yeah. doesn't speak about that. Like, I think my, my... It's both, maybe. Yeah, it's both, I think. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because there was such a pressure on her to also get, like, really great grades. Exactly. And, like, there's a part of the movie when she's so caught up and, like making all this money that she doesn't focus on her grades mm. and she hides that from her mom even though like I think in the beginning she was getting like A pluses and stuff mm -hmm. and then towards the end she was getting like B minuses, yeah. Cs and so like she hid that. It's really both because um, there's this point in the movie where the mom, when the aunties come, um, aunties? aunties um come and she's like flexing and she's like oh yeah she's 13 and she hasn't like she has like mm, controlled her panda or whatever yeah, so it's really both like she's preventing herself yeah. from being different but also she's excellent mm -hmm. you know in what she does so i guess it's really a mix of, of both yeah pressure yeah, yeah because panda is something scary yeah so it is preventing. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I also really enjoyed 
this idea that the panda it was sort of a metaphor for like hormones getting out of control because mm-hmm. obviously especially at the beginning of the movie it's very clear about the parallels between the red panda and her getting her period mm-hmm. obviously with her mom assuming that that's what it is and um, but then also uh, how the red panda is essentially sort of controlled by emotion which i think we all experience especially intensely when we are like 13 to 15 um well i guess like overly generalizing obviously there's a lot of people who have get their periods a lot earlier and a lot later than that but i feel like that's generally the average mm-hmm. um of that feeling of kind of being out of control of your emotions because your hormones are going fucking crazy because they've never gone so haywire and your body is not used to it and you're not used to being able to cope with it or understand that um as you are as you get older and so i thought that was also a really interesting kind of point i also think that it's also about um making the children grow up too early because like Mm -hmm. i think at some point the mom says that she should get good grades to get into good universities Mm -hmm. and to get a good job and stuff and Mm -hmm. i think that her putting the pressure on her it's also her way of protecting her because she, yeah, the mom thinks that by doing that she will provide Mei Mei with a great future. Yeah. And so Mei Mei should um, reject the panda, the like childish or maybe not childish, but like teenage impulses yeah. that she has. So I think they want her to like just suddenly jump into adulthood mm-hmm. and like reject yeah. the like emotion emotional stuff and just be this calm, stoic adult. Mm. Mm. But also May May mentions once this extra curriculum experiences and not having them as being a nightmare. And she's 13. I didn't think about those oh, stuff mm-hmm. when yeah. I was 13. I feel like that's very American culture, though, to be fair. Oh, so true. But still, it's, mm. I, I'm sure not every American kid. Also, she's Canadian. Yeah. But it's that's America. It's North America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. North Unimer- North American universities I feel like all mm. sort of yeah. obviously drive the same narratives of what they want. Yeah, definitely. When when I went to Canada, uh well, we were in high school but so many of them had been working since like fourteen mm-hmm. to buy a car and to get money for university and mm-hmm. like fourteen is super young mm-hmm. and they yeah. have to worry already like it's not the same yeah. kind of worry because it's not like academic and it's financial but mm-hmm. still like that's a pressure that's, that's definitely yeah. I, I couldn't believe it but anyway yeah, and of course we are obviously very privileged to have this yeah, perspective yeah. but yeah. still okay now that we know all of our opinions and ranking <laughs> and we discussed it properly how do we think, in general, it, it, it is received and how it impacts the public addressing those issues in like Disney slash Pixar? I don't know the I difference. I think people underestimate the, like, the actual power that mm-hmm. movies can actually have, especially in like, upbringing and like, mm-hmm. normalizing things. And I mm-hmm. think by normalizing, like, you know, taking accountability as well as, you know, saying sorry as an example because you could tell like in in the three movies like i don't think the word sorry was really something that the families really pushed forward with and i think it's really good that it's like addressing like you know it's okay to say sorry it's okay to make mistakes and like Mm -hmm. the whole thing where it's like you know like let's not you know criminalize people for making mistakes Mm -hmm. um i like in terms of like trauma and like things like that um 
And like, yeah, just like family mistakes and things like that. And like, I think by normalizing and saying like, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to fit in this kind of like, I don't know, this expectations and stuff. I Mm -hmm. think that's really important because I think that just helps make people more aware of things that perhaps they weren't aware of before. Yeah, I also think it's really beneficial that it's made for, like, obviously it's really good for us to watch ourselves, but also good for kids to watch it so that they grow up already being aware of this idea. Because I feel like in so many places in the world and so many cultural patterns uh, include the parents really and, like, grandparents as being this authoritative figure Mm -hmm. that is always Mm -hmm. correct and always right. And so this idea of having the parents acknowledge the pain that they have given to the child because it's also a shared experience that everybody in the world no matter how good your parents are are traumatized by your parents because Mm -hmm. that is your upbringing you know it's those acts which impact you the most because like what do they say by the time you're three years old your personality is essentially concrete like obviously you change uh, and you learn and you grow but at that point the trauma that you've gained yeah creates you yeah yeah I think it's super important as well because even if like small children they don't really understand it consciously mm-hmm. what they're watching they obviously they don't know what generational trauma is they don't know the definition but maybe by seeing a grandma in a Disney movie say sorry to mm-hmm. her grandchildren to her children for putting all this pressure on them and also when she actually acknowledges her trauma, mm. they're gonna maybe if they're in a similar similar situation, they're gonna realize that it's not normal or maybe not it's not normal, but it could be better, um, mm-hmm. you know, approach yeah. by the whole family. That there's another Way. solution yeah, than what exactly. they're going through. And also, I feel like often if you're not aware that it is a generational trauma type of thing or that somebody is mad at you because of their own like adrenaline response mm. then you immediately put the blame onto yourself yeah. and re- feel mm-hmm. really guilty yeah, about like doing Mirabelle. this thing. yeah exactly exactly like Mirabelle um and so watching this movie could sort of shine a light that maybe not everything is your fault because mm-hmm. I feel like as I grew up I got to learn about this idea that the way people talk to you and the way they interact with you and the way, especially if they are rude to you, it's not because of you, and it's not necessarily mm. because of your fault, but it's because it's their reaction mm. based on what they have learned or based on their emotional state at that point in time. Or, you know, especially like bullying is not because the person being bullied is actually at fault, but mostly because yeah. the people who are doing the bullying mm. have a lot of issues that they haven't worked out and feel the need to create this like power imbalance to feel better about themselves and to feel more validated in themselves. And so I think being like earlier or like being younger and being made aware of these things is super beneficial for us as a society and also perhaps for like school environments. Mm. Mm, That's true. I think I heard, sorry, that's kind of off topic, but do you know like Inside Out, the movie? Yeah. Mm. so like a post that said that um this movie is being used in like child therapy mm, or yeah. like in discussing like emotional wow, issues with children so cool. which is actually it makes sense because you can be like yeah this character it represents yeah. anger this is sadness blah blah, blah. Mm. so i guess this might be used as the same thing like yeah. generational trauma 
Um, that would be for children. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm so happy that that happened. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's really important. Like I wonder how it might affect the adults, like for example the parents or the grandparents yeah. or you know who might see this movie with their children. Absolutely. And maybe they also might realize that it's something that they're going through. Yeah, mm. I think some of them must have gone to the cinemas with their children or grandchildren, <laughs> like, oh, okay, fun movie afternoon, <laughs> and go out and be like, oh, fuck, I, I did know. not, I did not, like, expect a reality check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be interesting for us afterwards or, or for you guys as well listening to see, like, what kind of, responses there were from like adults as mm-hmm. well it'd be interesting to yeah see i'm actually curious to see what it would be like to watch these movies with my parents mm-hmm. just to see what their reaction would be yeah you know yeah. Just will they see. get it as much as we did mm-hmm. you know to show because they might be in denial as well <gasps> yeah Fair. um i mean another perspective is like us watching it i mean i'm not saying us specifically um, but I'm saying like our generation who are older, but also like not classified as like parents and mm. adults really yet. But like our generation where basically like when we watch this, I feel like the next generation of kids, because we, I feel like when we watch these things, it gives us more insight about it and makes us like how to learn and how to teach say certain things to our kids. Mm. So it's like these things will also help. I, in my personal mm. opinion, I feel like by normalizing these things now, I when when it comes to our age, when we start having like kids and like families and stuff, we become more aware of that, yeah. and we're like, yeah. like yeah, like we're gonna have these things happen, and you know what, like it's gonna be okay, like mm-hmm. we'll get through it. So yeah, yeah. So I think it's it's just even for the future, like the the impact of these things are like greater than mm. I we, imagine. Yeah, so. yeah. totally. Yeah, it's, it, it participates in our education as well, mm. I think, as, as future parents. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If we are. Aunts. Or not, or not. Yeah. Future aunts. And yes. Aunts. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I think that about rounds it out. I hope you enjoyed a bit of a, maybe more intellectual discussion this time or less uh, laughing and talking about our own experiences and really um getting into a topic uh so i'm curious to see what you guys had to say about that and i hope you really enjoyed listening and please if you have any opinions or thoughts please share it with us because i think we would all be super interested in hearing what other things you guys have to say yeah um because of course we are only five people who have our own opinions and mm-hmm. ideas. And so we are definitely not experts at all in this field. So yeah. if you have anything to add, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. Uh, we would all really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah you can find us at uh, on Instagram at... It started with Pancakes Podcast. No. 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 Oh, Pancakes no. Podcast. Wait, once again. Okay. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Pancakes Podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's it. Uh, thank you so much for coming and joining us with our little conversation. I hope that you are doing well, and I hope that you find the beauty in life. Oh. Mm-hmm. Bye! <laughs>